You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is your host Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. We got a lot to talk about in the first segment. We're going to get into Mike Tomlin's press conference. The big news is that he said David DeCastro will practice this week. We'll get into all the details with that. In the second segment, we'll talk about how the Steelers are moving up those power rankings across the across the NFL. We'll talk about that. And then finally for the third segment, we're going to talk about Mike Tomlin getting a little into why the tight ends haven't been used as much. All that and more in today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Let's get into it. Okay, everybody, so happy Wednesday. Uh, let's get you ready to get through hump day here. I know you're probably early in the morning we're listening to this, or you listen to this mid-afternoon. But either way, we got some good stuff to talk about here because Mike Tomlin spoke yesterday in his weekly press conference, getting you ready for the week, saying all the things that you normally do by hyping up the opponent, blah, 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 blah. But wait! There was something important there. It was definitely that David DeCastro is looking like he's ready to practice this week. Mike Tomlin spoke about this in his press conference saying, quote, DeCastro was in the building on Monday and Tuesday, and the schedule is for him to participate in practice this week and let the quality of that participation and the results of that participation be our guide in terms of determining his availability for the game. We're at that stage now with him. In Tomlin speak, that means David's going to practice, and we're going to see how he does, and if he does well, he's going to play. That's what that absolutely means. It's a good sign for the Steelers. They need David DeCastro back. And listen, I'm one of those people that was very excited about Kevin Dotson's performance on Sunday. I think he did a very good job. But there's still a huge difference from a rookie who did a good job one time in a specific spot against a five-time pro bowler who's been the best guard for this team since Alan Fanica. That's the point here is that when you look at this at, at the way that David DeCastro plays and the dependency that they can have on him in their system, that brings a lot of value to the offense. It's not just as simple as saying, oh well, David DeCastro, he's back. You know, you know, it's it's no. David DeCastro opens up a lot more for this offense. You can confidently run behind him. You can you can rely on him to be a pulling blocker out in space. You can be confident be confident that he's going to hold up in the uh, in pass protection. And when he's there, it makes everyone else better. When you have when you have a guy that can be dependent on in the line and you don't have to tell your other lineman to cover for him, like when Kevin Dotson's in there, even though again he played very well, the Steelers were were game planning and they and Mike Tomlin said we got to adjust our game plan for him to make sure that he's prepared, but also that we're prepared to to work with him because when you get a young guy who doesn't know all the calls know everything you got to mask stuff you got to try and say okay how can we keep the pressure off him because they're going to try and throw blitzes right up his gap 
We got to find ways to communicate, pick up those extra blitzes, help him out in those situations, and make sure that he's not being, you know, having too much thrust upon him. With David DeCastro, you don't got to worry about that. Instead, you can now worry about, okay, what's the best thing we can do to protect Ben Roethlisberger? What's the best way to do this? And that will be the factor that drives this home for the Steelers. You look at David DeCastro, you look at you look at the offensive line, now they're back, and David DeCastro, he's the anchor now. Marquise Pouncey's still, you know, one of the best linemen, but DeCastro is the best lineman. He's in his prime. That's what you want to see is him healthy, back on the field, and now he can be a leader for the group that he's the best of. And with him there, now Randy Feetner might open up the offense a little bit more. Now, I know, I know I've know, i I've harped on the problems with Randy Feek during the, this play calling and such, but there's also a very good possibility that a lot was limited in the Steelers' offense because they didn't want to get Roethlisberger killed and they were worried that Dotson might make a crucial mistake and leave him open and get him crushed and then they're spending another season without their quarterback. With David DeCastro back, I think that's not going to be the case as much. I also think they'll be open to call a, a, a wider array of running plays because now you got your star back. Now you you draw. I mean, when you draw things up before the year starts, you draw certain plays up because you know certain linemen are going to win certain battles for you, and you can depend on them to consistently win in certain spots. But when that guy's gone, then you have to plan around that, and you might not be able to use some of those plays. Same thing goes for passing. Sometimes you're not gonna get the uh, you're not you're not gonna get past either the, as many pass opportunities to drop back and to throw because you're worried that someone's gonna blitz you and that lineman's gonna miss and then you're gonna have problems. David Kasterback, all of those problems are gone. So that's the real the really the big news. Uh, Tomlin also said that um, uh, that you know there there were some bumps and bruises. Tyson Lulu had a knee contusion. Bud Dupree had discomfort in his shoulder. Deontay Johnson has a toe issue, but everything seems to be very manageable situations. And that they're going to have a light practice. That those guys who are hurt are going to have a light practice Wednesday, and then we'll see who really practices Thursday. So again, like we did with with Thursday last week, because remember last week was come or well no Wednesday last week. Uh, like like we did with Wednesday last week. Don't forget, you know. Don't forget, you know. Just because a lot of guys are on the that did not practice list or or limited practice list, that's not a warning sign. The warning sign comes on Thursday, where if someone's still on it and that hasn't seen any progress, then you're on the watch for Friday with the walkthroughs. And if they don't participate in the walkthrough, that's the scary part. But right now, do not fret. Also, before we head to our first break, got to do some news and notes here. Um, but it's important to note that. Uh, 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 excuse me, Dan McCullers, the defensive tackle we've known to be a Steeler for the past seven years, is finally not a Steeler. Now, the Steelers did cut him and he signed him to the practice squad, but Dan McCullers is now on the official Steelers list of players who have uh, left, have voluntarily left the practice squad, which means now he is a free agent. He is officially looking for another team. Now, uh, when that happens, that usually means they're going they've got it they've got something else lined up so Dan McCullers might for the first time actually be on a different team 2020 you've done it all I, I there's certain things I never thought I'd see happen and here it is the craziest of crazy things happen Dan McCullers is finally off the Steelers who would have thunk it before we get to our first break we got to tell you about our great sponsors NFL Game Pass NFL Game Pass, this season, get your football on your time 
with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game and every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they Break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. We'll be back right after this. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get to talking about some of these power rankings. Because normally I don't care about power rankings, but it's always funny to me when you can kind of laugh at where the Steelers have been and are now. Because y'all remember, going into the season, we did the, the, the Locked On NFL you know crossover episodes with all the different people from all the different shows. Also, shout out, we'll be having the, cro- the Thursday crossover day with the Texans hosts, we'll be doing that tomorrow. So um, have get ready to have fun with that. The Texans guys, uh, I've done I've done an episode with one of the Texans guys before. They seem like very good dudes. It should be a fun conversation. But let's get into talking about some of these power rankings because we all remember, you know, the when we were talking to lock on Bengals and locked on Ravens and locked on Browns, the Steelers are going to be a joke. They're going to be five and eleven, and here they are at two and zero. Oh. And now nationally, it's getting some attention. Now uh, there was a really good collection, and I'm going to be working on this from uh, our buddies at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, my friend Jeff Hartman. Um, he put a good collection of this together, so go check out them at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. They've got some great stuff there. Um, but uh, on you know he, he goes over he goes over several major uh, websites power rankings, and in those power rankings, uh, he starts with uh, ESPN. ESPN has the Steelers listed at 11th, just outside of the top 10. Um, they also listed Deontay Johnson as an under the radar fantasy standout. Um, I don't know if Deontay Johnson's under the radar anymore. Uh, I mean, personally, I've been talking about him every day on the DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, we have our DK Steelers podcast. We have our Fantasy Fantasy Insider podcast. We have all the things we talk about. You know what's going on there, uh, and it's not even that. It's not even that the Fantasy Insider thing is something I do with Channel Eleven here in Pittsburgh, and then we put it on there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, with with the fantasy insider, I mean, I've been saying Deontay Johnson get him for months. I have him like on three different teams. Uh, that he he leads the team with what twenty three targets, so he's not really a sleeper anymore. But whatever. Uh, point being, though, ESPN puts Steelers at eleven. Uh, their top ten teams were Chiefs, Ravens, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Bills, Rams, Titans, Niners, Patriots. Now it's interesting that Saints are five after losing to the Raiders, but whatever. Um, and it's interesting that the Rams are up that high, but okay. Um, you know, but and the Patriots, uh, but okay, but you know, Chiefs, Ravens, Seahawks, okay, Packers. You know, did make the NFC Championship game last year, so I, so I get that. So okay, Steelers are eleven, cool, cool, cool. But they're not the only ones here. CBS Sports lists the Steelers at fourth. They have them much higher. They have the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Ravens being the only teams ahead of them. Um, they you know they talk about how they didn't dominate the Broncos. Um, but that they that they uh, and then that they have to play better against good teams. But I think that them ranking them fourth shows they still do believe that the Steelers uh, could do a lot of damage. I mean, again, this is the Steelers defense. 
playing at a high level. The offense is, hasn't figured things out. They were, they've been missing an all-pro guard. Um, they had a new starter at right tackle and right guard last week, and they still managed to run the have a hundred yard rusher, and they were they managed to at least put some points on the board. Uh, this offense is figuring things out, and they're and you're not able if people aren't able to catch them now. Imagine if the offense does catch on and make things happen. Um, Sports Illustrated listed the Steelers at eighth. They had the Seahawks at one, the Chiefs at two. Ravens, Bills, Packers, Saints, Cardinals at 7. That was a little surprising. But the Steelers at 8, just above the Patriots at 9, and the Rams at 10. Uh, Sports Illustrated says, Ben Roethlisberger is warming himself up. James Conner is breaking out and potentially dangerous news for opponents. And Chase Claypool is establishing himself as a big play candidate. Here's, I mean, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, I think some of the people that are out there that don't just throw away Ben the way that some people did, like Mike Tannenbaum when he said he was the worst quarterback in the AFC North, People are, are are like, okay, this is what we had to see. Is Ben Roethlisberger's arm healthy? Can he throw the ball? Well, they saw him hit Claypool for an 84-yard bomb, so that's a yes. Now it's just a question of how often can he do that and can the Steelers kind of maintain him all season long and protect him all season long. Um, so far, they're doing that. And again, the defense is still the defense. They're leading the NFL in sacks. And they're leading the NFL in blitzes. They're leading the NFL in pressures. They're leading the NFL in quarterback hits. They're leading the NFL in tackles for loss. Lots of leading the NFLs, I just said there. And the point being, these are reasons why you should be, be, be up on the Steelers right now. I know a lot of fans think it's gloom and doom and that the Steelers are stink right now because they didn't blow out the Broncos and it took them until the fourth quarter to really pull away from the Giants. But the bottom line is that the Steelers played, did not play their best two football games, and they still won those games. In the NFL, when you pull that out, that's important. And now you're looking at a situation where if they can start playing their best games, they can they can beat some of the better teams in the NFL. I think that that's something absolutely to calculate. Another poll here. USA Today has the Steelers ranked fifth. They have the Ravens at one, Chiefs at two, Seahawks at three, Packers at four. Behind the Steelers, they got the Saints, Cardinals, Titans, Patriots, and Niners. Um, everyone seems to be talking about the Canadian-born uh, Chase Claypool after that touchdown. I, I mean, I think I, again, I think people are, are that, that puts people on notice when you hit plays like that. And if they could hit a few more, and not just a Claypool, but like just target down the field, back those safeties off. Teams are going to start putting that in their game plan. Hey, we can't be too aggressive here because Ben Roethlisberger is going to rip our heads off. You do that. You're putting yourself ahead of the game. You'll open up the run game more, and that will, is what could really open up this offense and make them a true balanced attack. Um, and they, I think it's also cool because on NFL.com, they list them fourth, and uh, they say you know Juju's got his mojo back. I think, it's, I think it's good that people are starting to recognize that Juju is showing you there was nothing wrong with him last year. It was. I mean, he did get hurt at one point, but there was nothing wrong with his approach to the game. His training's fine. His workout is fine. He just had a bad quarterback. That was it. That was the only reason for any of that. Um. So those those are your those are the power rankings that you've collected there. Go check out Jeff Hartman's stuff there. Um. I mean, it's just by and large. Are you like? Are you kidding me? Um. You know. Uh, you know. Like. Like. I. People, people were, were down, were downplaying the Steelers, and it's interesting to see more people across the national media starting to say, "Oh, you know, yeah, 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 they're good." And I told you, I told everyone on this show, if the, let the Steelers win, win a bunch of games early on, have a good record, 
then you'll see everyone be like, oh yeah, we knew the Steelers were going to be good. No, you didn't. Again, you didn't say this. You know, this was the the, the the narrative was that they were going to stink this year and they were going to fall off a cliff. Let's see if they can keep that up against the Texans. If they do, they'll be three and zero. They'll be go. They'll be they'll be neck and neck with either the Chiefs or the Ravens because both of those teams play Monday Night Football. I think that's a really good place to be and to not give anyone a leg up on the battle for home field advantage. Because remember, only one team gets a bye this week in the playoffs because there's seven teams in the playoffs. So all that's pre- all that's pretty crazy with the power rankings. That was the you know that that's where we'll we'll see where that goes mo- moving forward. Um, but you know we, again with those power rankings, just beware that uh, th- that stuff can turn on a dime because power rankings don't actually do anything. But it's always interesting to see how the national media is gauging the situation. Before we get to our next break, I'll tell you about our sponsor, My Bookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D Locked On on my bookie, and that'll double your first deposit. New players get up to one thousand dollars in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet on. Your your winning season begins today. Only at my bookie. We'll be back right after this. We're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Let's get to talking about these tight ends now. Through some early weeks here. The tight ends have really not done a whole lot. When you look at what's you know what what they brought in there, they brought Eric Ebron in on a two year, uh, uh, two year twelve million dollar contract. It was supposed to be for good money, um, and he was supposed to help change the offense. And none of that has happened really yet. Um, and, and and there might be some frustration for people from this because they were expecting more from him early on and to get help Ben get acclimated and through two games he only has been targeted been seven times four catches 61 yards uh three of those catches though have gone first downs which is good but uh point being you know he's averaging 30 yards per game and uh two receptions per game that's you wanted more production out of him especially for 12 million every two years you're expecting a little bit something different there but Mike Tomlin said in his press conference, don't worry about it. Now, that's not exactly what he said. But when someone asked him about the lack of tight end plays, he said, quote, it's early. Keep watching. That's all I'll say on that. At this juncture of the season, you can ask a lot of those types of questions. A two-game body of work is not a big enough sample to assess. We are pleased with the development of Ebron and his role within our system, and time will tell that story as we proceed. So here's my thing. Ebron, his blocking has been suspect. We know it would be suspect. You know, it's it's not as bad as we've seen it before when he was the Lions and the Colts, but it's still not up to the quality that you want out of your starting tight end. Um, but Mike Tomlin makes an absolute great point. He's still getting acclimated to the team. Most players that, in most years, when a new player comes in, they have a lot more time to work on things, OTAs, all the stuff. I don't need to go over for you for the thousandth time about all the things that have been missing this season. But that's going to absolutely contribute to when a guy comes in and might not be getting acclimated so quickly. And I think that that's absolutely what's going on with Eric Ebron right now. Because you look at uh, you look at the Steelers' construct and how the offense works, and you see that you still got... You still got Ben Roethlisberger reconnecting with Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, f- finding that connection with Deontay Johnson. 
Ben's got a lot on his plate right now. So then so trying to work in the tight ends might be something that's a little far on the outside. But becoming comfortable enough with the tight ends that you can just chuck the ball to him and make a play, that might be where he needs to be. And that might be where they can get to as Eric Ebron gets more development with him. Vance McDonald also really hasn't been, been as much of an asset to the Steelers, but... I don't think that that's as much of a problem this year because, again, you got Juju, you got Johnson, you got Washington, you got Claypool, and now you got Ebron. I mean, all of those guys are really dangerous when they're when they're moving. They're da- and they can they can they can go get the football. Um, so when you got all those guys, Vance McDonald's going to take a hit, and he has taken a hit. He hasn't really done anything for the Steelers this year, um, and you know that's a that's going to be a question as far as how they move forward at the tight end position, especially. Because, um, you know, if, if Eric Ebron is there for, for one more year, do you need Vance McDonald to sit on the bench and not do as much in that time? But of course, injuries can happen, and they've happened to Eric Ebron, including last year. So maybe, maybe it's something that they should pay more attention to. But I honestly think right now, this the tight end situation... Um, you know, historically in this offense under Randy Feekner, they haven't had the ultra reliable tight end. Vance McDonald could make a play here and there, but they didn't have Heath Miller. So Feekner's offense has been designed for the past two years to not really care about the tight end position. So when I say care about the tight end position, I just simply mean like they're not drawing up plays to get them the ball. So when the Steelers need something familiar they're used to for years to call up and say hey let's run this play let's get it done you might see that play not called as much when uh you know you know when there's a specific player that they that they want to target and that player isn't as acclimated to the offense now with Eric Ebron being there he can become one of those guys that Randy Fickner says okay we have this tight end position ready to go this is going to be the target of this play Ben you know, look this way, but but may, your main target is this guy. With Ebron there, that gives them more opportunity to experiment with what that's like and to see how they can maximize the benefit of it, but also, you know, then practice it both in practice and then in the game to see how it plays out and how it can be used to make the Steelers' offense more fluid. And I really think that the time's coming for Eric Ebron. He's going to start making plays. This Steelers offense is going to try and find some continuity. They're not they're not sitting around just saying, eh, you know, we we scored twenty six points, it's fine. You know, and technically they only scored twenty four because the safety was also there. But um I I, I don't see this as as the Steelers being comfortable at all. I see this as the Steelers being ready to step out of themselves and to be um, and to and to be you know play a much better offensive game, and part of this will, will eventually involve the tight end position. So don't panic just yet. Just kind of be patient. Wait to see how it goes goes around. Because I'm telling you right now, with the tight end position, Eric Ebron can get it done. He can he can zoom past people, and we've seen him make some impressive catches already. So that element is there. But it's just about tapping into it, getting Ben used to it, and letting him make those make those calls. Because to him, maybe they see something that's that that we don't see, and that he says, "Okay, that can't, uh, you know, we we got we got to compensate for that. We can't. I just I can't just throw into this because that's what they want me to do. But that's part of why you make sure you brought back Ben Roethlisberger back because he's smart enough to do it. He will do it, and that's something that you can always count on. Um, and again. 
Ben seems like he wants to target Ebron. He wants to he wants to get this kind of stuff down. I think that's a very good sign and that we should take that and just kind of be patient to see how the tight end position evolves over the next couple weeks here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's our show here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you're if you are, please subscribe. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts are hosted. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a five star review with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts. Doing so will get you a shout out at the uh, at the at the end of a show because those ratings really help us as far as moving up the rankings and getting more recognition and getting more people to listen to the show. Also, just share this show with a friend, please. Get them to listen. The more listeners, the better. Um, you can also join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group, which is open, and I think it has over more than 730 Steelers fans in it. It's a pretty fun group, especially during the week and then on game days. If you want to talk to other Steelers fans that are level-headed, sensible, and will have a good conversation with you, that's the place to go. If you want a conversation with me, you can follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Um, also, if you feel like DMing me because you don't want it to be public, that's totally fine. I will not try to big time you. I am just a humble man doing a humble podcast here on the Locked On Steelers podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be back in your ears tomorrow with Crossover Thursday.